This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Keith Weber talks about being humble. Is it a sin to be proud of being so humble? Well, let's find out. Father Keith is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Uh, By way of introduction, Father Keith Weber has been a priest for 39 years. He has served in multiple parishes and has served the diocese in a variety of roles, including chief finance officer and chancellor. He is currently the pastor of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Salina, and we are so grateful to have him join us. The topic is going to be, is it a sin to be proud of being so humble? I love this topic. I am so, so anxious to hear how you go with that. Father, but but um, you know, let's just jump right into it and and let you get. Is it a sin to be proud of being so humble? So where are we going to go with that, Father? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yes, I just kind of start by talking a little bit about what is humility or what is being humble, and we know that humbleness or humility is one of the seven capital virtues, and we have the seven capital virtues of chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, kindness, patience, and of course, humility. And humility is basically uh, surrendering to God's will. Because that basically is what humility is, is saying, I, I want to do exactly what God wants me to do, to be who he wants me to be. And uh, that is what humility is really about. Now, some people I think, think of a, what is called false humility, where they say humility is where you, your person says, oh, I'm worthless. You know, I really can't do anything well. I'm, I'm just a, a doormat on the door of society. Uh, you know, that they just don't see themselves as having a lot of value. And that is certainly not true humility. You know, actually, that's just the opposite in some ways of being truly humble. That false humility where people think they're worthless and they're not worth anything, uh, they can't do anything right, um, that really doesn't allow that person to do the will of God. I mean, God created each of us to do certain things in life. He created us to be certain people in life. And, you know, when we don't believe in ourselves, we don't believe we can do whatever God asks us to do. We don't think we're capable of it. So false humility is certainly not according to God's will. But, you know, when I, when I try to explain what true humility is, I, I like to go back to one of the books I read by Thomas Merton. I mean, we all have favorite authors, and Thomas Merton is, is one of mine. And he wrote in the book called New Seeds of Contemplation, a book that I read probably 40, 50 years ago. It, it, it said in the, one of the chapters, it talked about true humility. And he used the analogy of a tree. He said a tree grows exactly the way God wants it to grow and to do exactly what God created it to do. He said, you know, some trees grow fast. Some trees grow slow, he said, but they grow at the rate that God created them to grow. He said, when a branch comes out, it comes out the place where God wanted it to come out, the way God created that tree to have a branch at that spot. But 
you know, it doesn't try to push out a branch where there isn't supposed to be a branch. It does, it does what it was created to do. And also a tree, you know, it does what it's supposed to do. It, it gives shade. It uh, Now a fruit tree gives fruit as well, but not all trees are fruit trees, obviously. But uh, if a, a tree does give, creates oxygen, it creates a place for nests for birds of the air. It creates a home for squirrels. Um, it does what it's supposed to do. But a tree doesn't do what it's not supposed to do. It doesn't try to walk. It doesn't try to jump or run or anything else or fly. You know, it's, it's, a, it's what God created it to be, no more, no less. That's humility. That's how we all should strive to be, to be, to be exactly who God created us to be, no more, no less. We have to live up to our potential. We have to do our best. We can't be less than who God created us to be. But we have to not try to be somebody we're not either. So, and as St. Teresa of Avila said, humility is a virtue that is meant to be incredibly liberating and freeing because humility is truth. The truth of being ourselves. Truth of being the person God created us to be. That is uh, that. So I think that's the first step is to look at what is true humility. Then to look at pride. Okay, is it a a sin to be proud to be humble? Um, You know, when we look at pride, uh, as we know, it's one of the seven capital sins. Um, And uh, some would consider it kind of the worst of the seven capital sins. And when we look at the seven capital virtues, seven capital sins, we know that they correspond to each other. And pride and humility are the two that go against each other. And so they're, they're the opposites of each other. And, and where I kind of got this topic from was from uh, Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin said that pride is the hardest passion to subdue. He said you can try to stifle it, disguise it, disguise it ignore it, but it will still peek through. Because sometimes it comes out even under the guise of humility. Now, what Saint, what not what Saint Franklin, but what Ben Franklin was saying was that sometimes you know we get work at trying to be humble, that that true humility, be the person God created us to be. We try that, and we find great peace in that. We find great joy in that, and because we find such peace and joy in being the person God created us to be and being that humble, that humbleness. We want everybody to find that peace and joy. So we start thinking, oh, they should all be like me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's where the pride gets, it creeps back in there. And so, you know, that kind of pride <clears throat> certainly is a sin uh, where we start wanting everybody to be like us, say, well, they should be humble like I am. And that's really obviously not not true humbleness that's, that's certainly giving into the sin and pride so interesting and you know it just um yeah it just it's it's so interesting that you know it, it is a fine line right and and you know people you know they'll say oh you are you have such a beautiful voice or you are so wonderful at playing the piano or you're such a great mom and you know people will kind of downplay that and and that's what you're talking about with the 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 false humility we don't have to to downplay it we just need to accept the gifts that god has given to us correct that is so true it was uh fulton sheen who said uh something like uh 
humility is like underwear. You have to have it, but you don't ever want it to show. Um, so, you know, that I, I think that's kind of maybe what, what you're talking about, Father. In, in many ways, that's very true. Yes. Yeah. You know, but on, on, you know, we don't, we don't want it to show, but on the other hand, we do want it to show. And the fact that we want to be able to, to be who we are, you know, and, so we don't, it's a, it's a matter, it goes to the point of who are we trying to please? Are we trying to please other people by showing our humility? Or are we trying to be pleasing to God? And by pleasing God, we show our humility. So mm-hmm. it, it's a matter of, of who we're trying to please as to how we present our humbleness. And uh, so so I would agree that obviously with Bishop Sheen, Archbishop Sheen, uh, you know, that, you know, we don't, we don't want to do things simply to be seen as humble. You know, that's, that's where that sin of pride comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how do we, how do we do that? Father, I think everybody probably falls short in one way or another, some more than others along the way. So, so how do we actually do that and practice a true humility? Okay. Good question. (laughs) Well, I, I, I put together a little bit on, on three different saints that I think really express that so well in their life, and we can learn from them how to do that. Okay. Okay, one would be one of and and all three of these saints, I think, are some of the favorite saints of most people, and certainly mine. But one of them, of course, is St. Francis of Assisi, who, if anybody knows me, they, they know that he is one of my idols. He's one of my great inspirations. Now, St. Francis, as you may know, he grew up uh, in the years 1181 to 1226, and it was a very dark period of our church history, but uh, he was a, certainly a, a shining light in that period of history. We know he grew up as in a wealthy family, and as a very wealthy young man, he had a great sense of humor. He could sing. Um, he partied a lot, hung out with his friends. And after his conversion, he said, you know, one of his greatest challenges, one of his greatest sins to overcome was pride. He said that he was so proud all the time of his material possessions, of his talents, and he said he needed humility. He needed, and he said that, you know, trying to do what God wanted him to do, he had to be humble. So he really worked hard over trying to overcome that pride. And so the, one of the first things he did was he started begging, begging for food so he'd have something to eat, begging for money so he could rebuild some of the churches in town. And that begging taught him great humility in the fact of he was criticized by all of his friends, some of his friends even through trash adding. His family disowned him. And as he, as he did that, he started realizing the humility that he had in saying, I am a, a servant of God. I want to do whatever God wants me to do, not what my friends want me to do, not what my family necessarily wants me to do, but truly what God wants me to do. And that was part of his goal and part of his life. And he he was able to have enough to eat and, and, he, and enough money to start rebuilding some of the churches. And then he realized he had a talent for preaching. 
And this gets back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, when we have a talent, a humble person acknowledges their talent and uses their talent for God's work. And so St. Francis was able to start preaching, and he had a tremendous talent for that. And he converted so many people to a deeper faith in God and really did a lot of reform in our church at that time in history. And, and when he preached, his preaching was effective, partly because he was a gifted speaker, but also because of his humbleness. When he preached, people knew he did it out of love for them and love for God. He didn't do it because he wanted something from them for himself. He didn't do it to trick them. He didn't do it to say, look how many people I've got following me. You know, when he, he didn't do it for those things, his own self-glory. He did it for the glory of God. And, and his humbleness is what helped make him such a powerful preacher and so effective in his preaching. Now, how did he do that? As, as we study the life of St. Francis, we see that he had three types of meditations that really helped him grow in that humbleness that allowed him to use his talents, but to do so without the sin of pride. One was he prayed almost every day by gazing upon the crucifix. Now, I, I've done this, you know, as one of my Lenten activities a couple couple, three times. And it, it is a powerful way, uh, especially for Lent, I think, to do this every day. And it, it, for me, it helps to use the Franciscan cross, but, you know, any crucifix will, will work with this. But St. Francis would take the cross and he would gaze upon it and realize and think about the humbleness of Christ as he hung upon the cross and all that he did. And, you know, sometimes he would gaze into the face of Jesus, sometimes on the nail holes in his hands, sometimes on his feet, sometimes on his side. You know, he, he would gaze on different parts of the crucifix and it kept drawing him back to humility, but yet humbleness to do what God wanted him him to do. So, you know, Jesus died on the cross because that's what his father wanted. And St. Francis wrote about that was true humbleness. Mm. You know, that, you know, no one else could die on the cross for the salvation of all humanity. Mm. Only Jesus could do that. And so he did it because mm. that's what he was called to do. Wow. So, you know, that was one way of becoming humble, was gazing upon the crucifix every day. Now, he did it every day of the year. But like I said, to me, I, I have found it a great activity or Lenten activity. The uh, second thing, as we all know about St. Francis, he, he focused in a lot of his meditation on the nativity of Jesus. You know, how God was humble enough to become one like us. And God was humble enough to be born a baby in the stable in Bethlehem. Mm. And the meditation upon that humbleness, you know, God did this out of love for us. And God placed himself 
at the mercy, so to speak, of Joseph and Mary. And, you know, knowing, of course, they would take care of him, I'm, I know, but still at their, at their mercy as a baby, totally dependent upon them. And St. Francis loved to meditate on the nativity of Jesus. And as we all know, he's a, he was the first one to create the public nativity scene. Mm-hmm. And as historians have noted, uh, he was the one that brought animals into the nativity scene. So when you think of a nativity scene today, around you know this time of year, we see a lot of them out and about, and, um, and they usually have animals. And that's the St. Francis doing, because uh, the Bible doesn't say there are animals there. So, but anyway, so, but reflecting on that, you know, that, that the stable, that Jesus wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't even, you know, according to St. Luke, wasn't even born in a nice home. He was born in a stable. And again, that humbleness of God. We need to go to a break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about Is It a Sin to Be Proud of Being So Humble? with Father Keith Weber. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. Is it a sin to be proud of being so humble? With Father Keith Weber. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. Father Keith Weber talking about the topic, is it a sin to be proud of being so humble? And we've been talking about um, humility and what it is, pride and what it is. And now we're talking about how we can attain humility based on the lives of the saints. And so we talked about praying in front of a crucifix, gazing on a crucifix, meditating on the nativity. So what's the, the next uh, way that we can we can join that? The third way that St. Francis did this was by focusing his meditation on the Eucharist. He kept focusing on how humble Jesus was to be able to give himself to us under the appearance of bread and wine. And, you know, we think, you know, again, we think of Jesus, who was obviously both God and man, and he had so much potential, and he was humble enough to live up to his potential and doing all those miracles that he did and preaching the great way he preached with the great wisdom he had, challenging social norms. You know, Jesus did this. Well, one of the things that St. Francis focused on in trying to be more humble himself with true humility was to think how Jesus, who was truly God and, and truly man, humbled himself to become one like, uh, to become our food, spiritual and physical food of the Eucharist. And I have a couple of quotes from St. Francis about that, which I thought were very appropriate. The first one is a quote uh, that from his writings where St. Francis said, what wonderful majesty, what stupendous consensation, what sublime humility at the Lord of the whole universe God and the Son of God should humble himself like this under the form of little bread, 
for our salvation. You know, so, you know, he's talking about true humility. And then the second quote from St. Francis, he said, for one in such a lofty position to stoop so low is a marvel that is staggering. What sublime humility and humble sublimeness that the Lord of the universe, the divine Son of God, should stoop as to hide himself under the appearance of bread for our salvation. Behold the humble way of God. You know, so St. Francis, you know, he said one of his greatest challenges was to overcome pride. And he wanted humility. And so to help him grow in humility, he focused on the life of Jesus, his birth, his death, and the Eucharist. Those three main things about the life of Jesus. And I think that is something we can certainly learn a lot from. Yeah. When we try to be humble, true humility, you know, gazing on the Eucharist, gazing on the the nativity scene, especially this time of year, gazing on the Eucharist, you know, and adoration and and, at Mass, those are prime ways for us to be humble. And when we're humble, we then, you know, can, you know, like we talked earlier, Archbishop Sheen said we shouldn't let our humbleness be seen, but yet we do need to let it be seen in the fact that we we live the life that God wants us to live. We live up to our potential, but we do it not to be seen, but because we love God and others. That's It's just really powerful if you really think about that. that you know, I, I think the bottom line that I'm hearing you say, Father, is that we do things out of love for God and not out of trying to gain accolades from from our fellow man correct okay, the, the second saint that i that i would like to focus on would be saint Teresa of Lisieux. Okay. now some people call her saint therese but um that's more of a french pronunciation of her name but uh, in english of course we call her saint Teresa. but she was again somebody that really struggled with trying to be humble and you know to do it for the right reasons in the right way and to not and to not be proud, you know, to not give in to the sin of pride, I should say. You know, we know that St. Teresa uh, of Lisieux lived between 1873 and 1897. She died very young. When she was a little girl, uh, she her mother passed away when she was four and a half, and that really affected her. And she became more of a somber type child very quiet, very sensitive. And finally, in the year 1886, uh, so when she was basically 13, she rediscovered the joy. And the joy came from her focusing on the nativity of Jesus. You know, this whole humbleness and not to give into the sin of pride, but to do it in a way that makes God proud of us, I suppose, something that St. Teresa was able to do. She, when she was a young gal, she, her two older siblings, both girls obviously, went into the Carmelite convent and she wanted to join them, but she had to wait a while. But the day she told her father that she wanted to go to the convent, her father picked a flower out of the garden and gave it to her. And the flower still had roots attached to it. And she said she saw it as a sign that she was a flower that need to be transported or transplanted, excuse me, into different soil. Mm. 
And that's one of the reasons why she received the title St. Teresa of a Little Flower. Now, the other reason why she has that title, though, is that when she was in the convent, she was so full of humbleness, but also so full of love, that all the other nuns said that whenever you ran into her in the convent, it was like finding a little flower. Mm-hmm. She was so, so pretty and so wonderful in her actions. She, as she went into the convent, for the first six years, she kept coming to this understanding that, you know, she was called to humbleness. And she didn't want to give in to the sin of pride, but she definitely wanted to live up to her potential. And so she came up with what is now called a little way. And, you know, I, this is, I, I don't know if you've heard much about the little way, probably have, because it's, it's mm. really popular uh, way of spirituality for so many, many, many people. Yeah. But it, it, what, she, what she said was, you have to do the little things with great love. And that was her way of being humble. She said, if I am mopping the floor, because she was told as a nun she had to mop the floor of the convent. She goes, if I'm mopping the floor, I don't do it because I told I was supposed to do this. I do it because I, I love my sisters and I want them to have a nice place to live. She said, if I'm carrying a, a, a pot of soup into the refectory, into the dining hall, she goes, I do it not because I'm on kitchen duty. I do it because I want the other sisters to have something good to eat. She said, you know, do the things you're normally going to do, the things you have to do anyway, but do them not because you have to do them. Do them because you love God and others. That was her way of humbleness. And that's something, again, when you ask, you know, the question about how do we grow in humbleness? How do we, how can we truly be humble without being, giving into the sin of pride? Is to do everything we're going to do anyway, but you do it out of love of God and neighbor. Yeah. And that's a little way. So, you know, St. Teresa said that she was uh, too small to climb the, la- the steps up to perfection. Hmm. So she needed a lift or what we would call in America, an elevator. elevator. Yeah. <laughs> right. And she said, my elevator is doing small things with great love. And, and that's something I think that, again, all of us can do. But the key, as we've been saying all the way along here, is she did those things not to win the accolades of her fellow sisters. She did it because of her love for her fellow sisters and her love for God. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Father, because you're the expert on this, but but I think, you know, she was not esteemed in her convent. You know, many of them did not look kindly on St. Teresa of Lisieux, but but then look where we are now with her as a doctor of the church, correct? That is correct. Yeah, I mean, it's like, wow, um, you know, doing all these little things, and yet the church proclaimed her there. How many doctors of the church are there? It's just a very limited amount. Yeah, there is. I, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but yeah, you're right. There's not that many doctors of the church. I'm thinking like a dozen, you know, not not very many. You know, I don't know exactly, but... Yeah, but there's but, a uh, few more than that, but it's still not many. So, you know, and to think that, you know, all of her little things that she did, all of these little ways that, that she did, ended up, you know, doing so much great love for God 
that that the church actually proclaimed her, you know, to esteemed her to the to a doctor of the church. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But you brought up a very good point as well, and that whole humbleness, you know, she wasn't appreciated by some of the sisters. I yeah. mean, there, were, there was only like twenty three sisters in this convent, and some of them really did not like her, and yet she continued to be humble and do what she knew she wanted she needed to do for them. Now, that, again, is part of that humbleness. And, you know, as St. Francis would say oftentimes, I mean, again, I'm a big St. Francis fan, but yeah, St. Francis would say oftentimes, and as St. Teresa would even say, you know, the fact that others sometimes made fun of them, sometimes didn't like them, sometimes put them down, that helped them not give in to the sin of pride. You know, so, you know, sometimes when we get criticized, you know, we, we have a hard time with that. And, uh, but yet, we need to remind ourselves, you know, maybe there's a little bit of truth in that criticism, and I need to accept that. And I need to grow from that. And that's part of that not giving in to the sin of pride. Excellent. Well, we'd like to end on St. Teresa of Lisieux with one of her quotes. Uh, and it was, Holiness consists simply in doing God's will mm. and being just what God wants us to be. Yeah. I really like that quote. So. Yeah. And, yeah. And then the third saint I thought was a great inspiration to us and a great role model of how we can be humble and let our humbleness be seen, especially the saint, uh, and still stay humble is St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Oh, yes. You yes. Know? Now, St. Mother Teresa, as we know, had a strong connection to the two saints we just discussed. Yes. St. Francis and St. Teresa of Lisieux. Uh, she had a love for both of them, and they certainly influenced her life and her growth in humility and humbleness, as we, you know, it can for us as well, obviously. You know, St. Teresa, Mother, St. Mother Teresa, excuse me, was born and baptized by the name of Agnes, which in Albanian which she was, means little flower. Mm. That was quite interesting. Mm. When she went to the convent, she wanted to take and took her first religious vows. She wanted to take the name of Teresa after St. Teresa of Lisieux. So, uh, so she really had that connection already to saints who were known to be humble. So, and then as we know, in 1946, she had her conversion and, um, she went on in 1950 to found the Missionaries of Charity. She was a sister of Loretto, as as you might know, and um, but she found the, the Missionaries of Charity in 1950, and she started helping the poor in Calcutta. And you know, one of the things I, there's many things we love about Saint Mother Teresa, but um, one of the things was when on her first day in Calcutta, when she was going to get this whole thing started and was going to help the poor and all this. Is she the first day she said she walked the entire day looking for a place to set up this hospital she needed and she didn't find any place and she but she spent the whole day walking with and didn't hardly eat anything all day and she said at the end of the day I was tired I was hungry but I learned a great lesson the lesson I learned was poverty of the poor is hard <laughs> I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, and, and but she talks about in, in those early days 
tempted she was to go back to the convent of the Sisters of Loretto mm. because it was hard. And yet she knew that if she really wanted to help the poor, she had to be poor. Yeah. And so she gave up the comforts of the Sister of Loretto convent simply to keep working and doing what God wanted her to do. So we know she opened her first place in 1952, which was an abandoned Hindu temple. And she really helped everyone who came, who needed the, the help that, uh, that, were, that were dying on the streets. Uh, whether they were Muslims or Hindus or Catholics, she made sure they were brought in, given care according to their own religion. And uh, again, one of her quotes that I love so much that she had at this time was, a beautiful death is for people who lived like animals to die like angels. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that great? That is. Oh, my goodness. That is just a, a beautiful quote. And, you know, the other thing that you said that, that I really want to emphasize is, you know, she didn't care what faith they were. You know, it, it was a human person who needed care, and that was why she was there. So um, I just, I, I love the fact that, that she was there to help anyone. Right. Huh. Yeah, yeah, in, in you know, in her hospice there with with the with all the different people, if they were Muslim, she would read to them from the Quran, you know, and if they were Hindu, she got the water from the Ganges River, and and for them to have before they died. Wow! And if they were Catholic, she made sure they had a priest who would give them last rites. You know, she she knew the person, like you said, her focus was on the person she was helping. And, uh, you know, that's such a great example and inspiration to us in terms of our desire to grow in humbleness. Yeah. Yes. She didn't do it for herself. She did it for them. So what else would you like to share with us in the next five minutes? Well, maybe just two, two hopefully brief things. One is, you know, Mother St. Mother Teresa received lots of awards. She even received the Nobel uh, peace Prize. Peace Prize, yeah. yeah. Mm. And... But as she said, when she received the Nobel Peace Prize, she goes, earthly rewards were important only if they helped her to help those in need. You know, so again, talk about humility. She did the, all those things not to win the awards, but to help those in need. You know, so that was such a great thing. Yeah. The, um, uh, and then I have a couple of quotes from other trees I would like to include, hopefully quickly. One is, if there has been resentment in our hearts, or if we have not accepted humiliation, we will not learn how to be humble. And then the other one, to forgive takes love, to forget takes humility. So those are, were a couple things I really wanted to bring in. And then my final points here real quick are, you know, those three saints, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Teresa of Lisieux, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, they were humble, and other people knew they were humble. And that was important because it helped inspire other people. But yet they were humble not because they proclaimed it, but they were known to be humble because they lived it. And that, I think, is where we get the difference between not being proud, not oh, I apologize, in one sense being proud of being humble, but not giving into the sin of pride. Having other people know of our humility 
is fine. It might inspire other people, but we can't be proud. We can't give into the sin of pride with that. We have to, as you said earlier, we have to keep doing it out of love of God and love of neighbor. Yes. It has to be. That has to be our goal. So anyway, those are all my final points. And then uh, I would also just encourage all people to, who are listening to uh, look up the Litany of Humility. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a beautiful litany. I don't know if you've, I know you've run it on the airway before, but have you know it yourself, but it's a, uh, it certainly is a beautiful litany and uh, something that's really good to pray as we strive for that humility. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know, every time something really strange happens, uh, I'll give you one short example. My husband is is a great builder. He, he does a lot of really good things and generally very smart. But we loaded up some sheetrock and we were headed home and we went up a little bitty hill and it wasn't tied right and boom it went out all, all on the road on a busy road i looked at my husband i said you've been praying for humility again haven't you <laughs> yeah. so that litany of humility it, it can uh, it can certainly bring some whoppers into your life so all right so we have just about two minutes left father would you mind uh, giving us your blessing i will kneel down um to each of us here in the studio as well as out through the airwaves Let us pray. Eternal God, I ask your blessing upon all who are listening this day and all those who will listen. Grant them the ability to see themselves the way you see them, God. Help them believe in themselves the way you believe in them, so that they may do the will that you do the work that you will them to do. Mm. Dear God, I ask your blessing upon them, giving them the opportunities they need to serve you in every way possible living up to their potential that you have placed inside of them, but doing so simply and purely out of love of you and love of neighbor. As much as Jesus prayed in the garden, thy will be done, not my will, but your will be done. Let us always pray, Lord, that we will do your will in all things. Amen. Thanks for tuning into Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. This year, we are focusing on Mother Angelica, so we will end this show with one of her quotes. Humility is preserved when I give credit where credit is due to God. Pray for us, Mother Angelica. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear His voice, harden not your hearts.